With the recent Memorial Day and Independence Day holidays, we paid respect to our military veterans who sacrificed their lives, and we celebrated our freedoms that their sacrifices bring. For many veterans, the price of defending our freedom is high. Even the ones who are fortunate enough to make it back home often suffer from long-lasting serious effects of military life in their civilian life for years afterward. One condition frequently diagnosed amongst veterans is post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. There are many traditional treatments. Some of the techniques that we have are kind of very simple in that helping veterans recognize that they're going to react to certain things much stronger than others. And there are more recently discovered alternative therapies for treating PTSD. I think that there are some ideas that people have about what counseling is and is not. When veterans come here, they realize that there's a whole community of people coming together to make the work that we do here possible. That gives this place a really different feel. Find out how horses, dogs, and even guitars are serving the needs of our military service men and women as we explore alternative treatments for PTSD inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, Freydert Hospital, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all our member institutions in advancing biomedical research and finding new drugs, treatments, therapeutics, and interventions that are better, faster, and more economical than ever. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. In all likelihood, you've probably heard of post-traumatic stress disorder. Perhaps you know somebody who has it. People from any walk of life can be affected by PTSD. It's estimated that between 7 to 8% of our population will have it at some point in their life. But the rate of sufferers is much higher amongst military veterans, ranging from 10% to 30% based on the high-risk nature of their work. To learn more about PTSD and how it's traditionally treated, we recently had the honor of meeting with Dr. Michael McBride, a psychiatrist with the Zablocki VA Medical Center, who served in both the Army and Navy Reserves and has five deployments including two to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. First, we had Dr. McBride give us a simplified explanation of this complex condition. It's a condition that results after a significant event in someone's life where they have had their life threatened in some way. And what you see is a spectrum of symptoms that affect the person's functioning throughout their life. Are some military service men and women predisposed to developing post-traumatic stress disorder? That's a good question because there's a lot of new research coming out that there are some people that are more susceptible to the development of PTSD. And those people tend to have had early childhood experiences of trauma. But otherwise, there's no genetic component to this that leaves one vulnerable to the development of PTSD. But while there's no real disposition for PTSD, he does see risk factors that could make it more likely for some military personnel to suffer from it. When you think about, in general, who's joining the military now, we are tending to see people who are joining the service looking for opportunities that they might not have in other areas of life who come into the military already kind of traumatized, coming from family lives that have been 
exposed to violence or disruption, and they're seeking some kind of structure and stability, so they're more at risk for developing PTSD. So what are some typical signs that someone might be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder? I think it begins with their ability to relate to others, because in that condition, oftentimes what happens, people begin to lose trust in their community and others and civilians, even in themselves. And when do symptoms typically surface? Is it soon after a traumatic event? Or can symptoms surface in a veteran's civilian life long after serving? Both. Generally, we see symptoms emerging relatively soon after the event. But there's also Vietnam War veterans that are coming into the VA, first seeking treatment now, with symptoms that they either have been living with or are emerging at this time in their life. Now, Dr. McBride says that a diagnosis of chronic PTSD doesn't necessarily mean that a veteran has to continually suffer because there are traditional treatments that can help them manage their symptoms. Some of the techniques that we have are kind of very simple in that helping veterans recognize that they're going to react to certain things much stronger than others. When they do react, if they recognize it, they have to ask themselves the question, is this a credible threat? Because if it is, they need to react to it, but most of the time it won't be. And then they have to calm themselves. Very simple, kind of straightforward techniques, but they have to practice that and utilize it. And he says an important part of treating it is getting the veteran to tell their story, adding that we can play a critical role in that treatment process by listening. Every veteran has a story, so part of their recovery they need to tell their story, and that's where I think the community can play an important role by encouraging veterans to tell their story and to really truly listen to their story. So I think in that process, healing happens. While there have been studies on traditional treatments and therapies for PTSD, Dr. McBride feels that, unfortunately, most are limited. They have not really tackled how do you treat complex PTSD, which is what I'm treating here along with my colleagues. We have you know young veterans oftentimes coming in fresh out of the military, struggling with a number of issues in life. And on top of that are all the psychological issues. So for me, it comes down to I need to help that veteran develop a trust in me that I'm here, that through that relationship, they can find a healing path. Finally, we asked Dr. McBride if he has a message for military veterans and their families listening to today's show. I'm glad you asked the question. If there are listeners who have got a family member or if you are thinking that perhaps some of these symptoms might be things that you're struggling with, come to the VA. I mean, it can be as simple as getting your DD-214, your discharge paper, and coming out to the VA or call me in my office. Would you like my phone number? <laughs> we'll be sure to pass along Dr. McBride's information on the CTSI website along with this show. That's Dr. Michael McBride, psychiatrist at the Zablocki VA Medical Center and a commander in the U.S. Navy Reserves. While traditional therapies can help improve someone's condition, oftentimes additional supportive therapies are combined to better or more fully treat a veteran's PTSD. In recent years, some truly innovative alternative therapies have surfaced, and today we'll discover three of them that are available right here in our community. First, we headed to Waukesha to learn how an inner-city psychologist in Los Angeles, by way of Argentina, came to Wisconsin to buy a farm dedicated to providing equine-assisted therapy and activities for people suffering from PTSD and other conditions. <laughs> well, it all makes sense when Veronica Sosa tells it. 
She's president and CEO of Life Striders. Originally, I worked in the inner city where there was a lot of gang violence, started having a lot of experience with post-traumatic stress disorder. Eventually, I met my husband, who was a physical therapist and had done therapeutic writing in Montana while he was training. And he kept telling me about the benefits of it. And eventually, I started taking some of my boys to a farm that did therapeutic writing. And I realized there was this amazing transformation that happened with them in a way that I could never get to them in an office. And I was sold and didn't make a whole lot of sense for us to stay in Los Angeles. My husband's originally from Oconomowoc. We decided to move to Wisconsin to start Life Striders. So what is it about horses that make them especially effective in providing beneficial movement that can be therapeutic for the rider, including veterans suffering from PTSD? When you put somebody who has a physical and emotional or psychological condition on a horse, it actually stimulates the brain neurologically very similar to what walking and running does and so what the horse's movement does is it kind of tricks the brain into thinking that the body's actually moving as if it were walking or running because of that we can stimulate parts of the brain that either may have sustained some type of atrophy or chemically neurochemically it's producing these feel-good hormones and it translates to some pretty incredible therapeutic outcomes now make no mistake life striders involves therapeutic riding but it's so much more than just that often combining additional psychological therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy, occupational therapy, and others in treating PTSD. In fact, we are not always writing. We're doing whatever that person needs to help them cope and to help them succeed. And so we're not going to try and make everyone fit into a particular box. They may go into the therapeutic writing program, or sometimes after counseling, instead of writing, they want to be somebody on the ground helping other veterans ride. So it doesn't always look like the person comes to Life Striders and we match them up with a horse and they ride for eight weeks and then they're better. <laughs> you know, it doesn't always look like that. With every human and every horse being uniquely different, how does that critical bond between rider and horse happen? The reality is there's no instructional manual that goes with how you're going to build that bond. But in fact, through that process, that client actually learns what are the things that they're putting out there in terms of energy that the horse is picking up on. And so through that self-regulation process, really getting them to control what their body and what their mind is doing doing actually translates into being able to build a partnership with this horse. It actually happens quite quickly. It's just that most people aren't tuned into the fact that it's happening, so we have to point it out to them. Over time, those connections start to build, not just with the horse, but with the life that they're living outside of here. Next, Veronica says that one important reason each Life Striders client must be treated uniquely is that each PTSD sufferer views their own situation differently. People come with different ideas about PTSD, and they're not always very positive. I mean, many of them are in denial that they have it. You know, so they may actually be coming to Life Striders because they're struggling with their marriage or they're struggling with managing anger. The majority of the time, people who come, they have these ideas of what PTSD means and they don't want to put themselves in that category. And so whatever way that we can give them the services and support services they need, that's how we do it. Life Striders has not yet been part of a clinical study on the efficacy of its equine-assisted therapy, specifically with veterans suffering from PTSD. 
Is Veronica hopeful to be part of a future study? Absolutely. Veterans have always been very true to my heart. I'm an immigrant, and I don't take one day for granted that I live in this country. Most of us want to give back in some way. For me, anything that focuses on how we can better provide services to help those who served our country is at the top of Lifestrider's mission, and we want to make sure that we're doing that. You know, we've had so many anecdotal success stories, but how does that translate to replicable outcomes? That's really important to me. Our team here, we know what works. Every veteran cannot benefit from exactly the same approach. And I think that's really important to the work that we do. I think that's also one of the challenges in doing a clinical study, though. We have to standardize something in order to measure it. That's the thing that I think is going to pose a challenge. Finally, Veronica says there's one especially important thing about the alternative therapy she and her team offer that she wants veterans to know. Our services are free. And the reason that they are free is because we want to eliminate barriers to getting help. Because no matter what they're bringing to the table, we're going to try our best to help them through that. At Lifestriders, we want to make sure that they know that they have resources here, and it doesn't always mean they have to get on a horse. They might want to come to couples counseling or feel that they need individual counseling, and then through that process, they may realize that they might benefit from therapeutic writing or some other service. It's really trying to break down barriers for them. Whatever they need to get help, we want to help them do that. That's Veronica Sosa, president and CEO of Lifestriders, providing equine-assisted therapy and activities on their beautiful, peaceful farm in Waukesha. Next, let's check out another alternative therapy that's helping our U.S. military veterans in coping with post-traumatic stress disorder, except this time it's guitars that are literally the instrument for recovery. Patrick Nettesheim is a professional musician and co-founder of Guitars for Veterans, and he tells us that the organization began with a simple voicemail message left for him by a veteran named Dan. Dan was referred to me for guitar lessons, and I got the message, but I didn't get back to Dan right away. It was at least a week. And I gave him a call back, and sure enough, Dan had found another instructor, and he told me who he was. I said, you're in great hands. You're going to do fine. And he said, well, what's your style of teaching? I said, well, I simply tailor the lesson to fit the needs of each student. And Dan said, have any problem if I came over to you for lessons? <laughs> when Dan came for his very first guitar lesson, he had something he felt Patrick needed to know. He said, you know, listen, I, I want you to know right off the top that I have a disability, post-traumatic stress disorder. And he felt it was hard for him to control how well he would retain information and that he didn't have a lot of rhythm. So how long did it take for Dan to begin realizing the healing benefits of playing guitar for his PTSD? That was surprisingly almost immediately and we've seen this happen time and time again. When they play that chord, strumming all the strings one at a time, it's vibrating into the center of your being, you're hearing the sound. What I found with post-traumatic stress disorder, with playing this guitar with that first chord you realize, I can do this. I've just accomplished this. And it, it kind of gives me chills just thinking about it because that's exactly how Dan reacted and the look on his face. And he was really concerned with failure because when you're out on the battlefield, that is the worst thing that can happen to you. If you fail your brothers and sisters, they could get injured or die. 
So this breaks that, and I see if I can do this one chord, I can probably do a second. And you start building on that. And did they ever build on that? Because from that first lesson, Guitars for Veterans has grown and grown. We'll tell you how much it's grown in a moment. But first, how does a veteran get signed up with the Guitars for Veterans program? Well, the way the program works is the veteran is referred to us at the VA. That way we don't have to collect any information on them other than their first name and email and phone number. So they then contact their local chapter coordinator. And if you go to our website, you will see our chapters. And then you will see a name and an email. And those are our volunteer chapter coordinators. And what they do is they set them up with the instructor they feel would work best. And once a veteran is signed up, the lessons and healing begin. Once they start their lessons, they get a guitar to practice on and take with them. We don't have a set curriculum. We are simply there to help these men and women regain some of their joy on their journey towards their recovery. And that journey is 10 private lessons. And again, I should stress, uh, these are free for the vets. And after their 10th lesson, they graduate. That means they get a certificate of graduation, and it symbolizes that they have accomplished and finished these 10 lessons. And along with that certificate, they receive a brand new guitar. And following that graduation, they have the option to come back to group jam sessions. Of course, learning to play guitar is cool, but the real benefit of Guitars for Veterans is the healing it provides, improving the quality of life for veterans suffering from PTSD. It allows somebody to step out of the noise of life long enough to be in that moment and to feel good. It might not take away pain, but we all know that by getting yourself focused on something different that you can be totally absorbed into, the pain is less because we tend to not focus on it. But these internal wounds of PTSD, it's really hard to categorize where you are in your recovery. But Guitars for Vets opens up windows of serenity. From its humble beginnings here in Milwaukee, the growth of Guitars for Veterans over the past 10 years has been nothing short of phenomenal. It really grew exponentially, literally 1 to 2, 2 to 4, 4 to 8, and so forth. Guitars for Vets is able to grow based on donations because we're a nonprofit. So I was very happy that we were able to be so aggressive with that. So since that time, we've grown to about 60 chapters. We're in 30 states. I'd love saying, Brian, we have a chapter now, at least one in every state which is very doable, but it's bringing the awareness of what we do to the public, and I thank you for what you're doing here. To date, the various chapters have provided over 20,000 lessons and presented over 2,000 guitars, all free for our veterans. Guitars for Veterans are putting the healing power of music into the hands of our military heroes. And Patrick wants veterans suffering from PTSD to know that they are not removed from joy. We see veterans come in not able to smile or not wanting to smile, not talking much, maybe a couple words. And you'll hear this time and time again from our instructors and from graduates of the program where there is a dramatic change within a very short amount of time, sometimes within the same lesson, like with Dan. Once these men and women open up, it's just amazing how honest they are and how much I've learned about the world through them. They learn a lot from civilians. Civilians learn a lot from vets. I think it's a great way to reintegrate veterans into society, but also to educate the community and hopefully the world on what is post-traumatic stress disorder. That's Patrick Nettesheim, co-founder of Guitars for Veterans, a national organization that started right here in Milwaukee. <laughs>
Now, playing guitar as therapy for treating PTSD sounds like a great idea, but is it effective? In fact, it is. Based on the results of a clinical study on the Guitars for Veterans program conducted through the collaborative efforts of the Zablocki VA Medical Center and the Medical College of Wisconsin. The Medical College's Dr. Liliana Petzin was a lead investigator on the study, and she says that how Guitars for Veterans became the subject of a clinical study happened rather serendipitously. I knew Patrick Natashine. He was a guitar instructor for my son. He invited me one time for one of the Guitar for Vets events, so we decided let's see if it is really effective and we submitted a pilot grant. The aim of the pilot grant was to evaluate guitars for vets as a means to improve the psychological health and the social functioning of veterans with PTSD. And she adds it's important to study the efficacy of alternative treatments for PTSD like guitars for veterans. There are many traditional treatments for PTSD. None of them are uniformly effective. Even the VA made a consensus statement that for PTSD to be treated properly, some form of complementary or alternative medicine should be applied. So we capitalized on that to see if guitar sorvettes might be that complementary approach. Next, she tells us how her and her team got veterans to participate in the study. We were aiming to enroll 40 veterans. We then did an eligibility interview. Some were not eligible because they didn't have the severity that we were looking for. We then would randomize to either an immediate entry, so they would have guitar servettes for six weeks and they were evaluated before and after, or a delayed entry. They would wait six weeks and then we would apply the study. Did anything surprise Dr. Petzin about recruiting veterans to participate? It was surprisingly easy to recruit. Of the 40 that we had, 33 completed after the 6 or 12 weeks because of the delayed. Some got hospitalized, some had um, residential psychotherapy, so we had to exclude them. But overall, it was surprisingly easy to recruit. While PTSD was the primary outcome of focus in the clinical study, there were other outcomes examined. We are also interested in examining whether guitar sorvettes would improve depressive symptoms, reduce social isolation, and health-related quality of life. So we had other outcomes as well. In the end, the study did find Guitars for Veterans to be an effective alternative treatment for PTSD. We saw a 14% reduction in the severity of PTSD before and after the intervention. And this held true for both the immediate entry and for the delayed entry group. It was very robust. We also have a very significant reduction in depressive symptoms, about 20%. For the other secondary outcomes, we found no significant effects. But for the primary outcome and for depressive symptoms, it was quite significant. Excellent news. By the way, one aspect of Guitars for Veterans that Dr. Petzin sees as particularly impactful are the group jam sessions veterans can participate in. A lot of the improvements that we saw came from the ability to talk about their condition in a non-clinical environment with folks that suffered from the same impairments. So from that perspective, you would think it might be sustainable. But while her clinical study shows Guitars for Veterans measurably helps PTSD sufferers, she says it must be noted that it doesn't cure them. We are very clear to say we don't think that the veterans got healthier with our intervention. What we think happened is that increase their self-esteem by teaching a new skill or enable them to make personal expressions. Still, understanding that, how does she think bonding with the guitar helps enhance 
enhance the quality of life of someone suffering from PTSD. It requires a lot of concentration, and the ability to concentrate is one of the key problems with PTSD. I think the small successes help to see if there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I can keep on doing this. That's my way of gaining control over my emotions. That's Dr. Liliana Petzine, a lead investigator on the clinical study of Guitars for Veterans, a collaborative effort of the Zablocki VA Medical Center and the Medical College of Wisconsin. We've all heard the expression, a dog is man's best friend. But for someone suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, a dog can be more than just a friend. Linda Bobbitt and Dan Van Buskirk are co-founders of Hounds and Veterans Empowered Now, or Haven, an organization that specializes in canine training for service dogs and emotional support dogs. Linda, a certified dog trainer, tells us that Haven truly began with an email she received from a Vietnam-era Marine combat veteran named Dan. But ahead of that email... Three years prior to that, I was out at Camp Pendleton watching a group out there training dogs to go to veterans. And there was one day where someone just let a dog go up to a number of veterans, and as soon as their hands went on that dog, everything changed. I came home trying for three years to work with veterans, and nothing worked. And then I got the email. He said, I'm a Vietnam combat vet, and I'm looking to get veterans working with dogs. And that's how it started. Now, Linda was quick to make the distinction between service dogs and emotional support dogs, both of which can provide helpful benefits to veterans, but there are important differences between them. Most people are very aware of service dogs. That's the dog that has to be individually trained to do work for the individual with a disability. So that dog then can accompany that individual to places with public access. Emotional support animals provide emotional support, and they still need to have documentation that there's a need for that, but do not have public access rights. What is it about dogs that can make them effective in providing healing benefits for some veterans? I think it's the historical lives we've had with dogs. Why is that the animal who lives with us, shares our bed, eats our food? One of the big things is we match up energetically. We're affected by each other's energy, and we don't send each other away. We actually draw closer, and we read faces. So a lot of conversation goes on many times where there's not any words spoken at all. It's just we're together. So what's the process for matching a veteran with a specific dog? Well, they may already have a dog that can be properly trained. And if they don't? We want to see what is available in a shelter. So one of the things I will say, think about what it is you want in this relationship. And when we go into the shelter, watch who pays attention to you. We've gone in several times to go look at one particular dog, but there was another dog there going, hey, over here. And we watch that interaction very closely because we want the dog to make a choice also. Why might a veteran choose a service dog as treatment for their PTSD? For many, dogs are the ultimate trusted companion, able to lead the veteran into or away from situations that can positively or negatively affect that veteran's PTSD. The underlying tone of what they're saying is they just want to feel safe when they go out. Of course, a strong bond between the service dog and the veteran is critical. Linda says, fortunately, that seems to happen quickly. I see it happening within weeks, that there is a unique relationship there. I heard one vet say, I started taking better care of myself. I remembered when I'm feeding my dog that I have to eat. I have to take care of myself. And some vets live alone, so this is their communication. 
They're communicating with another living individual. With service dogs now the focus of a clinical study being conducted through the Zablocki VA Medical Center, Haven's Dan Van Buskirk, a PTSD sufferer himself, is confident that the anecdotal success he already sees will be validated by the study. What we're trying to do is give the veterans tools to get past the distorted thoughts because with being in extreme trauma day after day with hardly a grieving process, millions of distorted thoughts come in about how we're not enough to save our teammates, we're not enough to have success in that job that's so radically different from the high risks that we took every day. So the dogs give us a chance to focus on them. Anything we can do to get the veteran to focus on anything but the distorted thoughts gives him a stone in the pathway out of that. At the root of it, what does he want veterans to understand about having a service dog? That they bond really well with their companion. They care deeply about it, and our vets do. If they start out with a strong foundation, wonderful things always come out of that. We're all about empowering the dog as much as we are the vets. So there's an absolute necessity to be totally gentle in everything we do, our voice tone, how we handle the dog. So it's a very soft, gentle, loving way to work with a dog that's gonna wanna be there for you. And what is working with Haven and service dogs meant to Dan in his own recovery. Working with Linda has been one of the best experiences of my life. There isn't a day when we don't see the dogs that we're not just really happy because they just do that to you. The dogs just uplift everyone around them. It's been some of the happiest moments of my life and it's been vital, I think, in my recovery. Finally, you may recall earlier in the show, you heard that Guitars for Veterans started with a phone call from a veteran named Dan. Fun fact, it's this same Dan, who is now also working with Haven and helping countless veterans cope with PTSD. And with that, I'd be hard-pressed to find a more positive end for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. To learn more about any of the veterans organizations you've heard about on today's program, we'll be sure to post links and additional information on our CTSI website along with this show. Our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Michael McBride from the Zablocki VA Medical Center, Veronica Sosa from Life Striders, Patrick Nettesheim from Guitars for Veterans, Dr. Liliana Petzine from the Medical College of Wisconsin, and Linda Bobbitt and Dan Van Buskirk from Haven. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month, so make an appointment on your calendar to join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happy, healthy days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to this program online and on demand, please visit the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer, co-produced by Tom Crawford and Jeremy Kuzniar in collaboration with WMSC Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.